Lifetime, the official athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings, has something for every member of your family. Get your family going today at lifetime.life forward slash kids. Uh, really excited to add those guys. You know, they bring a lot of talent to our rooms versatility, a lot of production. And again, we always talk about fit in, in our culture and what we're trying to build. And those guys all do. Welcome into the third and final NFL draft edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm Tatum Everett. We got Pete Bursich in studio this time around. Thanks for nice being to be here. here. Nice to be here. Thank yes. you. And then Jay is here. Hello, Hello. Jay. We've been camping out, watching the whole day unfold, little wheeling and dealing from the GM himself, moving some trades up and down. And so, you know, we started this draft out five picks and with six guys. That's a pretty simple yeah, way of going. You, you, we needed bodies, and yep. and yeah, you, it's we're used to that. I'm getting used to picking at the end of rounds, right? Yeah, you right. You know what I mean? Close it up. But yeah, you gain you gain a couple and you trade them back. So, uh, but that, at the end of the day, you know, you, you hope to get, you know, one or two starters out of this group, maybe. Uh, so there's that potential, and it's just going to be interesting now to see how everybody fits. Well, and there's an even selection across the board, which I find pretty interesting. Starting out the day, obviously, with the wide receiver Jordan Addison, then you go corner with Makai Blackman, and then. Today, on the third and final day, it was a fourth-rounder safety, Jay Ward, out of LSU. And then they drafted his teammate, Jaqueline Roy, uh, in the fifth round, another fifth-round selection with quarterback Jaron Hall. And then they end the day with a running back, Dwayne McBride, out of UAB in the seventh round. Was there a favorite of yours out of today's picks at all? Um, I haven't. I haven't had a chance to see Hall or McBride on film on film yet. Um, but getting a chance to sit down and, and watch uh, what Jay Ward can do, um, he's kind of a, he's kind of an old school defensive back. I think if he w- if the draft if it would have been fifteen years ago, ten years ago, I think he would have gone a lot higher. Um, he plays very very well in the paint. He hits people. He hustles. He's a leader. Um, you know, I just you understand he's just not. He doesn't move and bend and, and all those things well enough. I think to to play in the slot for sure because he did play corner, he did play nickel, and he did play safety at LSU as a position player. He's most likely going to fit in at safety at some point, um, or he could beef him up and even have him be a you know be a small linebacker. I mean, he's that he's that good. With uh, with taking on blocks, getting around blocks, hitting people, reading the run, those kinds of things. Um, they listen very him as exciting, a but he back, he should yeah. be. He's gonna. I expect him to be a a an absolute special teams demon. So yeah, I mean, he, you got to have he, those guys yeah, for he, sure. You got to have those guys. He'll lay you up, man. That was I the got, thing. Yeah, we just did the film room. I did all the film room stuff, and you have all the plays together, and it's just hit after hit after hit after hit. So it's it, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch Ward play. Matt Daniels is smiling from the third floor for right sure. now. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, Pete was, was saying, like looking at the film with that guy. I mean, he doesn't have a problem sticking his nose in there. He likes to hit people. And so it will be nice to have somebody like that, especially if you're talking, you know, like even on the evaluations, they're saying special teams for that guy. That's the kind of person you want is somebody willing to boogie down the field and just, you know, throw throw their weight around. And I don't care about his 40 time. He's going to run as hard as he can all the time. And that's I guess that's the part of it that that gets lost sometimes is is, well, this guy's a fourth, you know, four, four. This guy's a four, five. It's like, well, the four, four guy runs at 80 percent. 
And so the four or five guy is going to outrun him on film all day long because he, you know, he just had, so the only, that's the only question mark. And it's, that's how the draft is, right? You have a guy like Ward who you love everything you see about him on film, right? And you just wished him to be a little bit more, you know, nimble and quicker and those kinds of things, but he'll hit you, he'll run, he, he's smart, he gets on his teammates, he's intense, the whole thing. Um, but, uh, you know, he he unfortunately had to wait a while to get picked. He did. I mean, Brian Flores was definitely in the ear of Quasey and the front office staff trying to figure out what prospects would fit well with what he wants to do. I think when you look at the two defensive backs, or I mean, the corner and, and they're calling uh, Jay Ward a defensive back. One thing that sticks out to me is that they can play anywhere and that he's probably going to move them around and figure out yep. where he's going to best be able to plug them in, depending on their skill set, depending on what they already have on the roster. I do think that um, the selection of Jaqueline Roy really, I think, tips a cap to what we're going to do defensively. Okay. I really do. How so? Uh, because he's not, when you watch him on film, where he does, where he excels and when he plays well is when he's a zero right over the center. He does that technique and plays that position very, very well. Big guy, um, strong. You, you know, he has to work on the footwork and pad level and all those kinds of things. But he, he hustles. You know, he, for a big guy, he really runs the football. But if we, if you take a look at what Miami did, because you know, because you look at, if you look um, at Flores, he was never a defensive coordinator, right? He was. Uh, Signal caller with the Patriots and then goes to head coach, uh, brings in another guy from the Patriots to be his defense coordinator. I forget his name off the top of my head. Uh, so you assume that's his defense. Um, and but you don't know because he's he's never really he's never been the guy. But with you know Jaqueline Roy and what he does well, you know, if they put if they bring him in and let him play the, like the bear front. When I say bear, I don't mean three, four like we were playing. It's a five-man front, but you have both guards in the center covered, and you just let Roy sit over that center and beat that guy up. Um, you know he plays counters real well. You know when he gets in that square stance and he's kind of reading and, and then playing the run, he does a he does a really really nice job. So if that's the position that uh, they need to fill or they they need somebody for that zero knows this kid's this kid's gonna contribute and be a good player. If you want him to be um, you know, a wide nose tackle playing in a four three, then I, you know, I think he'll be okay. But I really do think he's got a chance if we play a lot of zero nose. Well, he was the player that the Vikings traded up to get. The only one they traded up to get everyone yep. else. They were trading back and trying to make value out of those picks. Yeah, that was after they had made that move to move to the the back end of the fourth, and then all of a sudden they slid back up. I think it was another what fifteen slots. They went to pick one forty one in order to get him. That just kind of shows you, you know, one of the the things that have been talked about pre-draft was the need to try to get, you know, bolster that defensive line at some point. And um, even just looking at some of the highlights of that guy, you know, there's one thing that's very evident. He's very strong up top and likes to shed blocks and just feels like there were certain things that he was doing, kind of throwing his weight around again as well. Again, you're seeing only just the big highlights. There's a, a deeper film dive that, you know, guys like Pete were doing. He had and, a really good game against Tennessee. Yeah, uh, I know that. And, and, and again, it, it's like it's almost situational with with him and how, you know, how you see him play. And when he's a, in a B gap and then they run a zone outside, mm -hmm. you know, then he, he might get 
the let the guard cross his face, but he'll work to you know get back. And in the NFL, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> but I'm telling you, when you have him in the interior and you're and you're trying to run a cutback type zone and those kinds of things, he's phenomenal. And That's he's great. really good. He has a really strong, real strong arm. You know, strong hands yeah. can control people and push and. When he's fresh and he's moving his feet, and that's, I think, the big thing. He's shown a great swim move. Even the yeah. pressures he's gotten on the quarterback have been, you know, have been just a swim move off, you know, off the uh, snap. You know, kind of like a like a Kenny Clark, not quite as not quite as mobile as Kenny Clark, but just a, a nice move. And and so the kid has some tools. It's just a matter of he's a scheme fit guy, sure. which is what you would you would see in the fifth round. That's why I'm assuming. Or fourth round, I can't remember what round. Yeah, fifth, you're fifth right. Fifth round. That's why I'm assuming that uh, we're going to be seeing some zero nos this year. And that for me was one of the things going into this draft that I was concerned about with losing Tomlinson. I've been oh, talking yeah, about it for the last 100%. how many weeks, just yeah. saying you need to try to address it that way. And I, I think it's kind of a nice, nice to see the skill set that they brought it's, in with this guy. And it's too bad we lost Tomlinson because yeah. he was with the Giants. He was a that's what he did a lot of. He was best at when they would reduce things down, and he would play as a zero right over the center. That's where he had most of his productivity. Um, I think he adjusted to the three four pretty well, um, but now you know now he's he's gone. But he was a he was a very valuable value. I think he was a he was a very valuable piece to that defensive line. He was a big loss. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting position battle to watch when we start hitting OTAs and mini camp and training camp to watch that unfold for sure. Uh, that's the defensive side of things. Obviously, we said earlier in the podcast that we ended things with a couple of offensive picks. I know there was a lot of murmurs from all around, a lot of rumors. What are we going to do with the quarterback position? When are we going to pick one? Are we going to pick one? It happened in the fifth round. BYU quarterback Jaron Hall, this is someone who they met with at the Combine. It was the, his first interview of the Combine was with the Vikings. And if you listen to his press conference, he had nothing but fantastic things to say about the organization. They stayed in touch. Um, they were impressed with his maturity. And obviously he knows that he's kind of a bit of a work in progress because he only really had those two seasons where he was a starter. And um, he's has a baseball background as well. So he he's a young guy who, you know, I'm not sure if he has enough bad habits that they need to fix, but they definitely <laughs> need to like mold him into what they want. And, and who better to do it than... Kevin O'Connell. All right, exactly. And that's we've said it before, I believe, and we talked about you bring him in here as a head coach to get that position right. Um and last year when 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 O'Connell first showed up, the, he he said the most important attribute for a quarterback for him is accuracy. So this kid completed I think over 65% of his passes in college. I mean, it was last year he was the number was was up there. It was good. So that would check that box. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to watching him on film and seeing, you know, what he did yeah. and and and, and uh, uh, what his strengths and stuff are because it's but it's a lot of learning. It's a steep. I don't care if he started, you know, four years at a at a SEC school. There's still a ton ton to learn mm-hmm. at this next level, and he doesn't have to worry about getting on the field next year, on, you know, minus injury or whatever. But sure. uh, he's got some time to learn. And during, yeah, during his media availability, too, he kind of addressed that a little bit, too, saying that, you know, they said you'd, you're more of a running guy at times. And he's he said, yeah, you know, that's just something that he's comfortable with at the same point he knows in the NFL he's going to have to kind of uh, address that as much as he can to, to be a real pa- pocket passer. With the NFL, when it comes to the NFL, it's why do you run? That's, yeah. I think, the key yeah. thing. And 
with with the best quarterbacks in the league, they scramble to throw the ball. They scramble to extend the play, throw the ball deep, throw it to the tight end underneath. You know, that's what they do. It's not it's not just like just pull the thing down. Like Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts did a really nice job as the season went on to go from a you know they were running straight up type options and things where he was a primary run player and he started getting hit and you know you end up you're going to get hurt yes. the quarterbacks just can't take all those hits so if you're going to be mobile you've you've got to be able to burn a team deep you got to beat them deep you got to hurt them if you let them and then what happens is the D-line starts to you don't rush Aaron Rodgers well, at least back in the day but you don't rush Aaron Rodgers the same way you do Kirk Cousins when you rush Aaron Rodgers, guys are more balanced. They're even. It makes your offensive line better, right? Oh, for Everyone's sure. saying, "Oh, yeah, you know, the Packers' offensive line is so great." It's like, yeah. Well, when you go into that game, the D linemen aren't just drawing stunts up all day long, like what our guys see, because they know Kirk will be in the pocket. They don't have to worry about containing. They don't have to worry about him drifting out as as much. And so that athleticism can be a boon if you use it the right way. And that's what ESPN, you know, the pre-draft breakdown says about him. It just says he flashes good anticipation and ability to deliver the ball before the receiver breaks. Also extends plays, making off-platform throws, and is a threat to scramble for first downs when nothing else is available downfield. So that's exactly kind of the kind yeah, of stuff you're looking for. That's what exactly right. That's what he you're was really for. excited to be able to work with Kirk and even mentioned Nick Mullins by name. Um, as two guys that he just wants to learn from and get in there and get better. And and just the sheer attitude and the way that he spoke. Um, it's funny, you know, I feel like quarterbacks have a certain swagger about For them. Sure. And he definitely, you know, if I heard him speak, I'd probably be like, yeah, that dude's definitely a quarterback. That swagger that you referred to is what gets contagious in the huddle. And when when uh, games get tight and things, you know, big, big spots in games, that's when that has to kind of take over and calm everybody down around. And you heard the... The Joe Montana bit where he's in the Super Bowl when he mentioned about John Candy being in the in the stands, stuff like that. I mean, where does that come from? Yeah. It's it, just one of those things that you have or you don't. It's just the the least amount of panic. I mean, you want a guy who's calm and collected in there, you know, throwing that ball when it comes down to it the most. And and I think it was helpful last year when you had those have to have it moments. You know, you saw him being able to step up last year and, and really execute. So for me yeah. it's it it it's nice to have those kind of guys. Yes, you want some swagger. You want the guys to believe, but it's one of those things like you just start throwing touchdowns, hitting first downs, and getting them, getting them the ball and getting them stats. Um, they're going to love him all day long. doesn't matter how he gets it there. So I feel more comfortable with a backup that O'Connell picks and chooses than, yeah. than, than you know, the more comfortable with this kid than I have with anybody we brought in for or drafted for quite some time. Sure. You have to. I mean, you have to think right. that way because yeah. of just exactly who Kevin O'Connell is and the ability to watch him take someone from the b- very beginning, the draft, when he first gets his hands on him and see how he can develop, see the bun in the oven, right? Like it's nice to mm-hmm. have that cooking there for a while and see what can come of it. It kind of reminds me not of the Packers, but they've been doing that for so long, right? Like they've, I mean, granted, it really worked out they got for right, long stints, they, but they got it right twice in a row. Twice they've in had, a row. I mean, think about that. They've had the best, yeah. arguably the best quarterback in the league since what ninety three, thirty years. Yes, you thirty know? years. Yeah. So that's so you know, we'll see how Jordan Love now if Jordan Love comes out and just lights it up, and then you're like, okay, they're on something. Well, right? yeah, then you're going, <laughs> okay, well that that's. That's what took – that was a 40-year lesson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was the thing, you know, that's the thing. Prior, prior to Favre getting <laughs> traded from Atlanta, you know, they were struggling with Mikowski and some of these other guys. And But 
at the same point, they got it right twice in a row and and going into this season, that'll be the big giant question mark is can they, you know, hit the three-peat? And, you know, nothing against Kellen Mond, but it clearly wasn't going to be a fit for what Kevin wanted to teach and develop. And that's why, you know, they went the other way. They found Nick Mullins, they brought him in, and they are now getting to put their stamp on their own guy who they're taking in the draft. They ended the day picking up a running back. It's Dwayne McBride out of UAB, who, according to Leon Zerline, was a projected fourth round pick. So he dropped a little bit down, but it was going to be like it's a pretty it was a pretty talented running back group for the most part in this draft. This guy led the FBS in um, yards per carry. And then I had a friend of mine send me this stat from PFF that he led the FBS with 23 rushes of 20 plus yards or more in 2022. So he sounds like quite an explosive guy. Yeah. And and I think um big question for him is is how well does he run routes and how does he, you know, how well does he catch? I think this is an offense where uh our running backs need to have that type of that type of versatility. You know, Dalvin Cook is obviously um the the eighty percent guy, seventy percent guy. Uh Madison is back. So you have, you know, you have, yeah, you you need to fill a to make this team as a running back. You have to fill in a niche, right? You have to fill in a specific uh, style, and I think we just don't. That's the only thing that we're really missing. I think uh, the from the running back. back, yeah, just just the yeah, almost slash wide receiver guy that can that can run like the an football. Eckler. Uh, it's funny you say that, though, because on his draft profile, it does mention he barely made any pass catching plays in his three seasons. That's they were the, yeah. it just wasn't there in his game. And so right. it was probably more of the scheme more than his abilities. And Correct. even Quasey brought it up with me in our one on one just a minute ago that he said, you know, I, I think that he's a better pass catching back than people are giving him credit for because it wasn't in what he was doing. And oh, so by they, the way, they probably are going to test it. Yeah, And by the way, we need a punt returner. Yeah, but doesn't um uh, no who was it Jalen Rager? It? No, there was a Literally. draft pick, wasn't it? Was it oh, crud? Who was it? There was a someone in the draft that we drafted had punt returns. Was it Mackay Blackman? No idea. I can't remember. I'm just saying we need. That's a spot where if you can come out of <gasps> Brandon Powell. Okay, well I'm saying if right? you if you can come out of training camp and be the punt returner, sure. you made this team. I don't you know yeah. I don't care if you're Dwayne McBride or whomever, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. You're you're on this team. And then kickoff return, yeah, we got that pretty much figured out. Sure. Another running back, by the way. So punt returner is another is a, is a easy way on this team. Well, the one thing one of the things that was listed here for McBride as far as an attribute that he's known for is yards after the contact and you know, you're always looking for that with a running back who's dragging another 2 3 4 yards every single carry, you know, that's exactly what you're looking for. So I'm Get I'm that looking guy forward the ball to ball in space, yeah. right? Hard to tackle. There you go. There you go. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned the punt returns. I'm I'm pretty sure the free agent Brandon Powell is going to be putting up a fight for that as well. The pickup who came from the Rams, someone that Kevin O'Connell is got his eyes on, who's already seen him before. Yeah. And with the youth movement that we've had, because we've had kick return, um, punt return style duties and even just special teams. I mean, we are very, very young in a lot of these these areas. And there are some different people that have had that experience, I think. As Pete said, the quickest way to make a roster is to solidify a position like that. And so I think there's going to be a healthy competition to see what's going to, you know, who's going to pan out and who's going to grab onto that. I think it's going to be kind of fun to watch that in camp coming up. Well, as we're recording this, the seventh round of the NFL draft is slowly coming to a close. The Vikings have already called it a day today. 
They're not making any more picks or making any other moves besides contacting unrestricted or undrafted free agents so that they can uh, add some guys for the camp roster. Excited to see what that's going to look like. And don't, yeah, and, and you know, and don't, uh, I guess, don't overlook that. You know, you, 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 oh, for sure. Robert Griffith, John Randall. I mean, this, this place has seen quite a few of them, Adam Thielen. Um, so, those priority free agents, yeah, those are the guys that you got to get on the horn with them, and then it becomes a bidding war. And if you're highly sought after, you can end up making more than a late round pick. You yeah. Know? So, uh, plus they're always kind of trying to judge too, like, you know, what are you hearing, who are you hearing from, et cetera, et cetera, you know, especially with the end of the round coming up here. And that's where certain guys would get drafted and other guys would get left because they didn't feel like there was a huge, you know, market initially for them. But, you know, with the draft still going on here in the seventh round, it will be interesting to see who they sign here. Believe it or not, those are the guys that need agents as much. You know, they need agents because the agents need to know which. You know, like it's like saying if you were a free agent running back, this is not a place you want to go to. Sure, <laughs> just because of the competition. <laughs> the and the running rooms yeah. are yeah, exactly. yeah, it's already pretty crowded, right? If For you're, sure. uh, you know, if you're a, a nose tackler or a DB, you know, places where or a linebacker, sure. places where this team needs bodies, then yeah, that'd be a good spot, but. Yeah, so it's not uh, – it, it's they, – they're starting their career as free agents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and and part of that too is, you know, they're also negotiating besides that. They're, they're kind of looking at him saying, do you want the dollars or do you want the opportunity at times? You know, there's the opportunity cost of trying to figure out you might get less money here, but you're going to have a better opportunity to earn a roster spot there just given what's on that roster. And, and well, so there's that balancing act for some of those the, guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, the part I wish I knew is that they, they know who you are and they watch you in the preseason anyway. Sure. So if they really like you, they're going to grab you. Well, and then think about the role <laughs> change that happened with the preseason this year, too, just being able to hold on to that entire roster yeah. with one mass call. Like, that's going to be different when it goes down the line, too, where if you were one of the initial guys that got cut, but you have a chance to make a roster elsewhere, like, that's kind of going out the window unless there's something else that changes during that time. If they can hold on to the entire roster, then it's going to be even more important for you to Try to earn a roster spot and earn that that uh, yeah. preseason playing time. But you time. got the practice squad, yeah, it's big now. It's getting it's getting thick, right? Yeah, you guys that, are on the practice squad now. Oh, it's got to be close to a dozen, right? Yeah, yeah it I used think to be so. like I think it's like a used dozen. to be six, six right? Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, it yeah. was six. Anyway, make the roster. Anyway, I think it's you a can. good More opportunity. I think it's a good thing for sure. Practice squad's a good thing for sure. Well, it's a good thing that we are going to wrap this thing up because I'm a little tired, you guys. This has been a long weekend, but an yeah. exciting one. I think it's awesome to see. Well, the now you're done till August, Vikings. right? You're I done mean, till yeah, completely starts. done. I got nothing to do what until else? then. You got a yeah, we've got rookie mini camp okay. coming up. We have OTAs coming up, and then we'll take a nice little break, and then you know it'll all start up with you could, with mini camp. Yeah, but you could record those interviews now, right? <laughs> Look, Pete, How we was your first day of practice? Here. Oh, it was great. I loved it. You know, it's just like you know everybody. Think about it. They all know. Maybe. You know. Well, I mean, Pete, why don't you? I'll just go on a month long vacation. You can do it. I'm fine with that. <laughs> it's easy. I mean, not, not that it's easy. It's just like uh, you know. I don't know. Whatever. Sorry. I didn't mean. I didn't mean it in any <laughs> in that way. I'm just saying. Well, hopefully they'll be able to, you'll get to know them a little bit better. We'll have some series okay. where you get Absolutely. to know them a little bit better. You kind of get to know them as people. I think that's one of the cool things about the, what, what this job entails now more than anything. Like, sure, those questions are very relevant and we do ask those, but watching them solve puzzles or answer weird questions or do weird yeah, those things, things are, around those here, are fun. those are really those are fun. fun and I'm excited to see 
these guys, because I feel like a lot of what Kevin and Quasi have proven are the guys that they're bringing in are guys of character. Um, they seem just like all around nice people that they're happy to be here. And that's what we want to see. We want them to be happy to be here. And we're happy to have them here. It's always the thing of just trying to find out what makes them tick and getting to know who they are. I can't wait till I can't wait till like November, October rolls around <laughs> and seeing Jacoil and Roy walk around. He's a Louisiana native, played at LSU. Oh, he's gonna. Yeah. I saw I saw a game. Um, I can't remember who they were playing, but it was somewhere in the middle of America. It wasn't cold, but he had one of those hand warmer things on his on his behind yep. him. Yeah, and I'm like, son, if you're wearing one of those now, <laughs> wait until you have to walk like, to your car when it's 20 below zero. You're gonna not, really love it. Not that I've played sports in the cold, but from experience of trying to transition to this weather, it is not easy. No, the worst is no. It's you, not easy. You've, you've had you you know the the worst of it is. Late in the season when you have a night game and then the bus pulls in at one or two in the morning. Oh, yeah, and you, and you got to walk to your car. Yeah, but he'll be on like the first bus. We're on like the fifth bus. <laughs> that doesn't, I'm just saying that. <laughs> I don't care. It doesn't matter what bus you're on and how far away your car is. That's a long walk. Just you just get off the bus and waiting to, for them to get your Even bags worse off. after it's, you lose, man. It's oh my god, yeah. No, you're right about that. Even worse. The only thing that makes it worthwhile is winning. You're absolutely right. You do Correct. that and lose. It's like it's torture. This torture. But I'm just saying, I can't wait to see that kid. He's oh. going to be fun. He's, he's going to be chilling. Oh, yeah. Going to be real he's chilling. Gonna be, yeah, he's going to be looking like Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. The stocking cat. Yeah. We'll make sure we get him some extra clothes. Get him. I'm sure his friends will hook him up with some advice on how to handle it. Good luck it. try to find quadruple X jackets and stuff. <laughs> Christian Darisaw does that. it. Have you seen how nice his puffer coats look? He's a first round draft pick. He's got, you know, he can order off the cat. They are like right? Gucci North Face, like. Style coats. They're they're pretty snazzy. Well, uh, on that note, thanks for listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast this week. We will have another episode coming at you next week, probably more draft related, but we'll know a little bit more about the undrafted free agents and dive on in with that. Thank you, Pete, for being our well, special guest me. this weekend. We appreciate really appreciate it. it, Jay. Yep. Nice Thank to you. nice to have you here. Eric's joining us here. He um, had some other duties he had to uh, handle with the press conferences before joining us. But uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we will talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.